are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, hi! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, we're also having these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. Uh, this is uh, something, this is a fun bonus for the week here. Uh, we, Abe and I, were, we've, we've been talking about a lot of stuff, and as far as like what to, you know, what to go over in the in the time that we're in, and we figured... What's going on with the Academy? And fortunately, they chimed in a few weeks back. They uh, they actually uh, made some some new rules and some new uh, loosened up on some restrictions here and there and whatnot. So that's what we're gonna go over today. We're gonna talk about what the Academy is doing as far as taking into account things that are taking place due to the coronavirus pandemic and uh, how the what what impact that could have on the kind of the future as far as the Academy Awards are concerned. Um, and and we figured. To do that best, we need someone to join us that has a lot of knowledge about award season in general, and, you know, knows what he's talking about. We couldn't find any of those people, so we got someone instead <laughs> from next, next Best Picture. His eligibility is in question as well. It's Matt Neglia. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? How are you all doing? Matt. Matt, how are you doing? It's been a minute since yeah. we last talked. I think um, Long Shot was the... That sounds about right. Yeah. It feels like 14 years ago. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. I have gained 300 pounds since then from White Claws and garlic bread here in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Only? <laughs> yeah, only. And yeah, uh, in the meantime, since then, Parasite won Best Picture. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that at all. It was. It's like, been a crazy honestly, time. Like seeing, seeing photos of Bong Joon-ho holding like four Oscars, I'm like, did that did that happen yet? Or it's weird. let me tell you something. I was freaking out when coronavirus started to uh, spread and they were talking about how bad it was in uh, Korea and uh, you know South Korea specifically and I'm thinking to myself Bong Joon-ho better get some time to relax and enjoy his success and not have to worry about coronavirus for the love <laughs> of god uh, but yeah. it's it's crazy you know the state of the world right now and um, I have to admit like it's been interesting to see how the rest of the industry reacts to it especially given that things are changing every single day and movies that we thought we were going to see around this time I mean think about it we should have by now seen A Quiet Place 2, Mulan, No Time to Die and we haven't uh, yeah Black Widow um Yep. Obviously, Scoob is, you know, comes out tomorrow, but we all would have seen it by now in anticipation of it. We would have been like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Really hey, hey, I am making Apple an event of my Scoob viewing tomorrow. Oh, okay? I'm not kidding. I am excited. I, I'm not kidding. No, my <laughs> oh. lovely girlfriend and I, we really want to see Scoob. It yeah. looks fun. I don't know if you know this, Matt, but it might be our main topic for Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah one year, there's going to be a Scoob episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> we had a choice between either watching Scoob or uh, talking about uh Bong Joon-ho's 2014 film Snowpiercer, part of our 2014 retrospective that we're doing since the show is premiering uh, this week. And I I felt bad kind of asking like other members of the team to drop $20 to watch Scoob. So we're going to go with Snowpiercer on this one. We've we've uh, had those discussions as well. Um, I think that might have happened like a few weeks ago. But yeah, so, definitely. It's, it's a strange worry. time. Wait, 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 which I film mean, was it? I need to know. The, I can't remember. It, uh, it was during Trolls. We we're like, do we oh, want to drop $20 on yeah. Trolls? Yeah, it wasn't Trolls. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. And, and Aaron and I were like, no, not really. <laughs> the only thing I'm hearing is that Next Best Picture is going to have a cool Snowpiercer show and we're going to have a cool Scoob show. So you have plenty of co- podcasts. The listeners are the there ones that go. win. That's what I'm hearing. There you go. Right. Yeah. There you go. Everybody wins. Yeah. And then bringing it full circle, one of those crazy things was, are they even going to have Academy Awards this year and how are they going to do it? And it would have been interesting. Well, I guess Bong Joon-ho has won for two years in a row then. But 
we've got these new rules, and Aaron's going to go to that right now. Yeah, so, I mean, we're talking... Things are, have obviously changed, I mean, as far as what to expect. I mean, we've already talked about it as far as movies have been delayed. And so now it's, you know, we need to get into, like, what has actually changed. And the Oscars, the Academy... Sorry, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. I feel like if I don't say that out loud, I get a fine or something from them. Um, they're, they're definitely listening in. Yeah, they, they, uh, they have put out a, a doctrine of sorts that lists a number of new uh, rules and changes uh, that are, you know, clarifying what's going to take place given the events and what mm-hmm. to expect during next year's uh, award season. Um, they all, they also wonderfully put down a, a, a time frame of when the ceremony is going to take place, which I'm, but you know, that's fun. We'll see, we'll see what happens with that. But for the time being, here are some of the, the, uh, the changes that, that are taking place. First off, it, almost like they tried to sneak this one in. They've combined the sound categories. So previously there's been sound mixing and sound editing as separate categories as part of the broadcast. Uh, but now there will be just one category. I'm not sure if it's going to be called just best sound or what have you but Mm -hmm. uh and i i will note that the consolid this is from their thing the consolidation was made by the sound branch members themselves and is not the result of any perceived attempt by the academy at large to help reduce the running time of the oscar broadcast i am tossing some grains of salt over my shoulder with that one but okay so yeah there there's interesting uh yeah i mean i think that the reasoning behind this and matt feel free to chime in too a lot of people were saying well it's generally the same winner too uh, I know that last year we didn't have the same winner, but they were just saying, well, the sound editing usually goes with the sound mixing. It's going to be the same people walk up on stage. So let's combine it to one. I, I agree with you, Aaron. That's like, I don't know, grin of salt over my shoulder to you in terms of like, well, it sounds like the sound branch members wanted to give up one of their awards. I guess so. I, you know, listen, heavy sigh. <laughs> I was not for this decision. Yeah, this actually was something that was not a surprise uh, to me because we had heard rumblings about this around uh, the time of award season, actually. So there was talk that this was going to happen. And I do think it really started after Bohemian Rhapsody won both sound sound awards uh, the year before. And we started to hear, you know, some whispers that it was going to consolidate into one category. The BAFTA already has it that way. So it kind of makes sense. The thing that I okay, so I'll tell you what I like and what I don't like. What I like about it is I like that it's a decision that came from the sound branch, uh, because when you really do think about it, sound editing and sound mixing are very integral and they all coexist together and they're all doing a job um, that, yes, there are different aspects to it. But just like how there are different aspects to production design and set decoration, it's still one Oscar. It's not two Mm -hmm. or makeup and hairstyling is exactly called that makeup and hairstyling. There's not an Oscar for makeup and there's not an Oscar for hair. Right. Mm -hmm. So combining the sound categories does make sense. Now, one of the things that I was very, very adamant about if they were going to make this decision was to make sure that if you do that, then whoever you would have edited, um, I'm sorry, uh, nominated for your sound editors and whoever you would have nominated for your sound mixers all get an Oscar nomination if their film gets in. So no one's left out. Yeah. Very yeah. adamant about that. That was a nice consolation when I read that that was the case. And I was like, OK, I can live with that. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I'm happy about is that I no longer need to 
explain anymore to people the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. <laughs> Although there's a little bit of a caveat with that now. The fact that people wouldn't bother to learn, learn the difference <laughs> <Yeah>. even <laughs> after saying it over and over and over again, year after year, time after time, it just to me the decision spoke a little bit more towards laziness on the <laughs> part of the academy of we're going to give our dubbed down, you know, audience what they want, as opposed to educating and making sure that people understand the difference of the craft. Now, the other thing that I will say in regards to that is it's going to make predicting a lot different. That's for sure. Sure. Because yeah. now yeah. Uh, the precedent of looking at the musical audio for society sound mixing and like action the motion picture sound, sound editors awards yeah. yeah like these different like groups and such it's going to be very very difficult now to figure out yeah to your point if there's an action film and a musical both nominated for both for best sound let's say they both have best picture nominations for whatever reason what wins and it's like geez hell it, i know you it know makes the I mean? competition more fun i suppose as far as like trying to nail down reasonings why you would choose I don't know, Bohemian Rhapsody over what was the action movie that came out in 2018? <laughs> <laughs> I think it went directly toward actions. Like, it's usually an action movie. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, other thing that I'm going to miss now about this is I am going to miss those lone sound mixing and lone sound editing oh, nominees sure. yeah. that break away from, uh, you know, the pack and. You know, Ford Ferrari 1917 might be nominated in both categories, but then you have something like Ad Astra, and that's the film's only nomination. Mm -hmm. And now with only one category, that's no longer going to happen. You're no longer going to have A Quiet Place getting a sound editing nomination or Drive or going back to something like Fight Club. These were these films only Oscar nominations, and I don't believe you're going to have that now. I do believe that the obvious contenders will show up in a category of five. Yeah. And the good thing about this is you and Aaron and I can still hold over people's head that we know the difference between. <laughs> yep. That's the best should, thing. Should, should I, should I save a difference or is it a mute point? At this no, point? it's a mute point. I mean, I'm a, a, a mute, a mute yeah. point. Um, I, I will, I will say Matt, you've articulated your reasons as to why it's a good idea pretty well. Um, as far as the thought of other categories that are similarly, seemingly combined elements that represent kind of one aspect of the filmmaking process. I do like hearing that because that, that is a way to kind of settle my temper over this. Cause I agree as far as why I'm not a fan of the idea. Oh, of I was angry it, but... as hell at first. I was pissed. Yeah. I, I had to have it come to Jesus. Like, okay. Like I had to like <laughs> really, really like calm down and rationalize it. And when I started to rationalize it, I realized, Oh, I'm not just telling myself lies to make myself feel better. These are like actual facts that, make sense and really do make me feel better about the oh, whole yeah. thing. I so, mean, yeah, ra- okay. the rationale can... the rationale is strong. I can agree with you there. I still yeah. I still I mean the, your latter point though about, you know, the kind of movies that are recognized for exactly this thing that really does make it like a, a, a nomination for Quiet Place is huge as far as what that movie's trying to do. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what you would nominate it for. I get that. It's but... also going to suck too that two movies are not going to be able to get awarded now. When there is a split in the sound categories, sure. I love that because then that's how Arrival wins its only award on the evening. Which I predicted. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was great sound editing. Because Hacksaw Ridge was already taking uh-huh. um, uh, at least one of the sounds and uh, film editing. Yes. So 
I look at last year of 1917 and 4v Ferrari. I mean, 4v Ferrari won two, 1917 won three. Uh, so that's not a good example. But you look at movies where they split and the uh, film that won one of them, that was its only win. Like um, like Zero Dark Thirty and Skyfall tying. Yeah. Um, when, when Mark I mean, Wahlberg's up Skyfall there. No BS, guys. S- that's what he said. No <laughs> BS. It's a tie. <laughs> Skyfall won for a song, but that was Zero Dark Thirty's win. Without that, there is no split. And I guarantee you, probably a guarantee in this case, if that if the sound category was combined that year, Les Miserables would have beat both of them, in my opinion. Oof. Well, that's a great segue into <laughs> to the music category. Yeah, I don't, I don't, there's there's more changes. Um, but yeah. I do like that. I think that's the, that's the big most notable one outside of what we're going to mainly talk about later on. But yeah, so the sound, sound categories are combined. Other changes we have here. Uh, in the music or original score category, for a score to be eligible, it must comprise a minimum of 60% original music. Additionally, for sequels and franchise films, a score must have a minimum of 80% new music. Right. Is, is that a lowering or an increase? I feel like that's a lowering, but Matt, maybe you know. It. And the reason why I think about this one kind of hard is I think about Johan Johansson for Arrival uh-huh. and how he was disqualified because he used um, a Max Richter, uh, or yeah. I, I actually, he didn't use it. Denny decided to use it, and mm. then he felt bad for not uh, being able to get Johan nominated for original score. Mm. You know what I think? Uh-huh. I think I think they waited for John Williams to wrap up Star Wars <laughs> to do this because they Hot didn't take. want to insult John Williams, and I don't blame them. But it is a little convenient, don't you ask me? That his last three Star Wars movies that he ever uh, orchestrates. Uh, no offense, okay? And, and listen, I know it's cool to shit on Star Wars. That's not exactly what I'm doing here. But facts are facts. And the fact of the matter is the scores for these new movies, outside of a few small, tiny themes, were very repetitive. And they weren't that creative and new and exciting. Yes, it was great to have John Williams involved. But, oh, man, like those scores did really – nothing for me in all honesty not not like the way I, in all honesty the prequels have better scores no, uh than you're not, the you're not wrong too. the prequels definitely have better scores than the, the so i i think it may have something to do with that because that whole sequel franchise thing i just was like mm, that's a little too convenient you know <laughs> yeah. well they like I, williams in general like i mean like warhorse and tintin were both nominated one year i mean i mean so it's i mean Williams I mean, John just, Williams is the, the Meryl Streep of the score category. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's got his, his noms. <laughs> but when you think of film scores, you know, you immediately think of John Williams. Like, he is the gold standard of what a film score is supposed to be in the classical Academy snobbery sense. You know what I'm in saying? That, in that sense, sure. And that's not, yeah. that's not to say he's undeserving necessarily, but I mean, yes, there's a there's a precedent that's set as far as the kinds of I things do, that are nominated a lot for score. I do like the Arrival example, though. Um, I think that that's a really, really good example uh, for why something like this would happen as a result of that. Well, it you seems know, like in many years recent, recently, especially just because it's so much louder now as far as how you can communicate. But there's a lot of scores that are disqualified constantly where you're like, really? Because of what? Because of this because little of, thing? Yeah, because like, of like one small one, – one sonnet they, they didn't want to write. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. kind of unfortunate because there are other recent examples too in like the 2014 and Beyond uh, to current I, – I, I, for whatever reason, her is, is sticking out my mind. I don't think that I was in a real example, but 
yeah, there are examples where it's like, this is a really great score. And I know that I've heard this before, but still, you know, it's a bummer that it, it, it was 100% before, but now it looks like it is re- being reduced, though, yeah, right? Yeah, I figured reduction was what was leaning yeah. on, yeah. Um, mm. So other ones here. Let's see. International feature film category. All eligible Academy members will now be invited to participate in the preliminary round of voting. So basically just widens the field, essentially. So okay. it gives more kind of options available. Um, I'm mixed on this as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this currently is the case with, like, the best animated feature category. Yeah. And my issue with this in general is that it caters more towards, I think, a mainstream sensibility. I can see that, yeah. What are the most popular foreign language films in contention? Which ones have the highest profile? Matt, you just saying most popular kind of made me cringe a lot because, you know, there was that whole entire talk a year ago about the most popular movie. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> so, popular film. Thank yeah, God. Let, that's let's, not, let's not go there. <laughs> Could you imagine if they brought that back, like, amongst all these other New Mutants have won an Academy Award? What? I mean, well, <laughs> that would be the most popular. By, by Game of Thrones standards, it has the best story. Um, <laughs> but you're saying? Uh, essentially, when it comes to this... I think back on something like Corpus Christi that got nominated last year mm-hmm. and how that was such an obscure movie to make the lineup that I do not believe that under this new system, a film like that gets in. I think a more popular, more widely seen film, especially when you open it up to all 9000 members of the Academy. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what happens in that case. And well, yeah, you know that, what? Maybe just... that means that mm-hmm. foreign films that the public have seen get recognized and maybe that draws a little bit more interest into that category, especially in the aftermath of uh, Parasite's historic win. Maybe. I don't know if that's the mythology behind it or if they're just trying to make it um, like the other, uh, like, like, like the other categories, like best animated feature, for example. I mean, that's the thing, right? Because the box office is never really that high to begin with for so many foreign films. So it's international features. So no, a foreign film to be really popular with the public, it's a rare thing. Yeah, and so when you're, you're when you say like nine thousand you know nine thousand Academy members suddenly being able to vote for whatever, and it comes down to probably the things that they've seen. Because yeah, you're you're not going to have all nine thousand members seeing everything, and certainly they're not going right. to see some of the more obscure things, especially given availability, which they're just isn't much of i mean we're going to get to the next thing in a second here yeah. as far as <clears throat> as far as what they've been able to you know what of the things they have the ability to see but yeah it's going to just kind of gear towards the things that people are talking about as opposed to things yeah. that might not have had the chance to spread that wide as far as awareness yet so it's it's a tricky a tricky area for sure it's, yeah but another thing also too to keep in mind about that as well is that I don't know if you guys get the sense of it, but I certainly have. I think pop, I, popular. <laughs> I think uh, foreign language films are definitely on the rise in a very major way lately, uh, yeah. where I do think, especially after Parasite's win last year, I do think we are going to see more interest in foreign language films. Not all of them, mind you, but I do believe that Parasite opened up a door for foreign language films to be more popular amongst general audiences, at least here in the States. That doesn't mean they're going to make $100 million, but uh I do think that streaming services, um, things like Criterion Channel, Mubi, um, think about COVID-19 right now and how people are subscribing to all these streaming services because they're sitting at home with nothing to watch. They might be developing a love for foreign cinema. Now, 
when Oscar campaigns kick off in full gear and there's a lot of publicity for certain foreign films, there's a very, very good chance that people might go seek those out in a movie theater and pay money to actually watch them because there is this renewed interest. So that's something I'm very curious to uh, see if that really does come to fruition or not. I can say that Parasite winning certainly didn't hurt anything as far as that goes. I mean, that's only, yes, that is going to raise a profile for certain kinds of films. I mean, it it kind of hurt the egos of the people who couldn't read very fast, but that's that's neither here nor there. uh, But regardless, I mean, yes, there's much like documentaries are always going to, you know, they're getting more popular and same with short films, honestly, like the, the box office for the, and I know theaters are a little bit of a question right now, but the box office for, for the when you know shorts TV releases the the package of animated and live action shorts has gone up over the years like it's mm-hmm. been only more and more available and it helps because of yes VOD services as well put them out there uh, and so yeah there's the increasing awareness and the ability to see things in different formats that's all of that is going to kind of pay off in some way it's a matter of yeah how dramatically it increases or not and right I mean the overall is yes it's encouraging to just see that in general but ideally also yes there's a fair shake given to the films that you know truly stand out not just the ones that are talked about more. Mm-hmm. But right you can't you can't perfect that science really so well, at least not yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh the next thing here end of DVD screeners this is more of a privilege thing than anything, but the Academy will have its own screen. It's going to have its own screening platform essentially. And there's going to be uh, no physical copies of screeners uh, for, well, how are we going to get it on the black market now? (laughs) How, what, what about those commercials about me not stealing a car and then me not stealing a movie? There are still other groups out there that still are sending DVD screeners. Although this is a shift that we are going to continue to see happen. Um, I think that, any Academy member at this point that does not know how to access their screeners uh, digitally. Academy member. <laughs> uh, yeah, there might be something at play there, perhaps. Um, I think this is just one of those inevitable things that doesn't pertain to us. It's all about them. I think if we start hearing a lot of stories about it, I would still even just take it with a grain of salt. I'm sure it's a very, very, very small minority of people that would have issues with this sort of thing. So I, I, I I don't consider this to be earth shattering news. The only thing that I was kind of considering here was, Oh, I wonder if maybe the advent of like ultra high definition and and 4k stuff is, well, we just want to, let's just put on a streaming server rather than having to mail out these, these, you know, ultra high discs. Yeah. yeah, Well, they don't do that to begin with. They just still do DVDs. They just do regular DVDs. Yeah. Cause I remember like, I've seen a couple and I'm like, this doesn't look great on a 4k TV, but I guess I'll just go rent it off of Voodoo or something. <laughs> that yeah. is something I am curious about, like how, what formatting they'll be choosing if they're going to do these streaming, you know, streaming platforms for. It's like it makes sense to you know put it in the highest definition, but yeah, I, I give can, me that lazy disc quality. But you're also clogging the Academy Motion Pictures of Arts and Sciences uh, <laughs> of servers <laughs> trying to watch all these things. So. This is how Jeff Bezos is becoming a trillionaire, guys. Come on. Yeah, he's. Really, you haven't watched Silicon Valley yet. What we need is a, no, I, I is an al- what we need is an algorithm that can condense all of this so we can easily watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, help us, Thomas Middleditch. Um, okay. Pipe Piper. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, let's get to the next one here, and this will lead into the the bigger one. Yeah. Um, but so it's for documentaries, and this applies to the next thing too. But so for the first time, doc features will become eligible if they are selected for two of the top nine nonfiction festivals, regardless of whether those festivals actually take place this year. They can also qualify by winning one of 52 different awards given out at 36 festivals. 
in the past, documentary shorts have not been able to qualify for the Oscars by winning selected film festival awards, but features have always needed a theatrical release to become eligible. Uh, so I'm going to go right into the next thing here because it basically applies to what this main yeah. point is. So this is for eligibility in general. Streaming services and video on demand are being temporarily altered to allow those films to qualify, even if not first appearing with the seven-day theatrical qualifying run. To be eligible for this year's Oscar race, however, films still will have to qualify by being made available on the Academy's exclusive streaming site within 60 days of streaming streamer or VOD release and must be must have been previously intended for a theatrical release. Yep. The, Academy, the Academy, for the first time, is expanding the number of eligible theaters to include some outside Los Angeles County and into other areas and several cities as well to make this all that much easier to accomplish for distributors. After theaters are reopened, any new releases will revert to the previous standard of a seven-day qualifying run in theater with at least three shows daily during that time. All of this supposedly only accounts for the 93rd Academy Awards. Right. Um, so, so a lot to take in there. So yeah, but basically there's a loosening of the restrictions involving uh, streaming, the qualification of streaming films because theaters are closed um, and things are, you know, it's pretty shaky as to what's going to occur down the line. We're at a point where this year, given the, how much of the year's already been impacted, instead of using that seven day run that films have to have as a theatrical run before they can go to streaming or whatever to, in order to qualify for an Academy Award, now any film that's released on streaming that was intended for a theatrical release can qualify for the for the Academy Awards, essentially. Is that more or less what's going on, Matt? That is more or less what's going on. This is a very necessary decision. It's one that has to happen, given our current climate nowadays. I've seen a lot of people take this out of context, and they're saying something like, oh, this means Swallow is going to get a Best Picture nomination. And I, I think that, like, what people need to understand is that this is a rule that has literally been put into place to ensure the movies that typically do get nominated for Oscars still do get nominated for Oscars right. without that theatrical release. This does not mean that movies that uh, previously were not likely to be nominated for Oscars, like The Invisible Man, for example, is now going to get nominated for Best Picture because Universal released it um, on streaming at, uh, like after its theatrical run. I mean, I, obviously, it already had that qualifying theatrical run, so that's like a bad example probably, but Regardless of which, my point still stands. Yeah, well, you can say films like like random Netflix films they probably well, wouldn't I mean, have like yeah, concerned. We're not or Trolls World Tour. Let's just say Trolls World. Well, even World that would have. Well, I mean, that, that was that intended was, for. That theaters, was going to be I mean. but it didn't get a theatrical release though. It, it went mm -hmm. exclusively to streaming and VOD right away. Well, okay, um, so that that's that's more of a. That's ensuring that Trolls World Tour will be will be eligible for like a best for animated best animated feature, feature. Best exactly. Animated. And yeah. it's gonna win. <laughs> oh well, I don't know about that. I mean, there's still something like Onward, which I mean, came yeah. out, or Soul, uh, the other Pixar. Yeah, right. Might Soul, still... the other Pixar. Yeah. But then you have stuff like um, The Last King of Staten Island, which uh, just got a trailer uh, right. within the last couple of days, yeah. and that was happen. intended for a theatrical release. And they're saying, nope, we're going to go straight to streaming VOD with that one mm -hmm. right off the bat. Now, granted, Universal Studios is taking a much more different approach with all of this than the other studios right now, where they are embracing. Uh, the streaming platform release more Cer so certainly for films that just at this day and age are more questionable as far as how much theatrical success they could have i mean compared to like fast nine from universal which was guaranteed to make ducats of money king of Staten island is like yeah pete davidson mid-budget comedy 
probably not going to light the world on fire, so they might, so they're going straight to video with it and you yeah. know, go if they're exactly. They're, it it makes a level of sense from a business standpoint. Uh, but this, that, this, this rules in place to ensure that uh, that that movie, as l- unlikely as it may be to get any uh, kind of Oscar play, mm-hmm. um, still does qualify. Yeah. Because yeah, it, if they hadn't announced a rule like this under their current rules, that's when you would have uh, the weirdest best picture lineup in the history of the Oscars, most right. likely. No. <laughs> and I, I think that's what a lot of folks like us were, were very I don't know about worried, but we were concerned with, well, we don't like some of these movies that come on Netflix. Some of them are entertaining, but they're not all award winners. Like Extraction is probably the most popular movie in the last 90 days. But that's it was never going to be theatrically released, was it? No, it wasn't. But even Netflix knows this. I mean, they they know that they're, you know, like they have a David Fincher film that's going to come out the end of the year during award season. Like they're not putting out movies now thinking these are the ones we're going to champion later on outside of some documentaries. They just announced uh, Spike Lee's new film is going to go straight to Netflix. Right. Um, Well, that was I mean, uh, it was always a Netflix. It was. Yeah, it just it can't go to theaters because it physically can't go to theaters anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it was always a Netflix film. But now instead of having a platform release at the film festivals and such because of everything that's going on, it's just going to go straight to netflix and that again flies to uh, what your point is as far as it ensures a movie like that that was going to go for, that was going to specifically have a theatrical release so it could qualify later on can still qualify correct yeah now the only thing i'm wondering is i am wondering if anybody's going to try to bend the rules a little bit and say oh no 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 we always did intend for x y and z to get a theatrical release what are you talking about yeah you know? so that, but that was my question but even so guys. but even so it, it doesn't it it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, the Academy's still going to nominate the same types of movies that they nominate. So that's why when I heard people saying, oh, we might get a Best Picture lineup that includes, you know, and they started naming like all these movies that typically do not get Best Picture nominations. I was like, no, they instituted this rule. So that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So, and my question to you guys was, yeah. is there just like, you know, a King of Hollywood docket that says like, well, yeah, you told me that your movie was going to be released this year. So I wrote it down uh, and, you know, it, it's there so we can't erase it. So I, I believe you. Or I is mean, it, it? Yeah. Is there it some would definitely play be very interesting if <laughs> and, and this is some BS that I really do not think will happen. But this is like an extreme example off the top of my head. Uh, a film like Bad Education, which premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival, get picked up by uh, HBO uh-huh. and gets released by HBO on HBO. Yeah. It would be very flaky if HBO turned around and said, you know, we did intend to release this in theaters after we aired it on HBO uh, right. to give it just a qualifying run in uh, in like October or something. You know what I mean? Like I would be like, mm. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> well, see, like, HBO, they've like they they've lost that in the past as far as they premiered movies first and then like couldn't submit them later on because even though they tried like like uh, like uh, a Bronx Tale was one of those right where they it was always an HBO movie and they like tried to put it in for an Academy run I believe like they put it in theaters and it's like you can't mm-hmm. no you can't do that because that like that's not how we work I mean I'd have to imagine like studios. It's not just like the honor system, like you're saying, seemingly implying Abe. As far as like, yeah, we, it's on our whiteboard right here. See, <laughs> right. And it's like everything else is in like different yeah, fonts, see, and then like the, someone the else just scrawled, dated. scrawled bad education on a like red pen. It's like, yeah, it's, it was always there. Now it would be I, really funny if someone like Clint Eastwood, who decides just some days to wake up and is like, I think I'll make a movie, and then it, he just makes that movie in like a few weeks, and all of a sudden yeah. it's ready for award season. Mm-hmm. It would be really funny not, if he like during the middle not, of COVID was like. 
oh yeah i always intended it to go to theaters you know what i mean like, you got friends in high places but yeah you're definitely not wrong about that because some people will make a movie in the course of nine months and release it in the same year you know what Steven i mean soderberg so, is probably shooting a movie on his iphone in his own home right now you actually see. know he has got like 16 backlog movies already right? oh, yeah, no, his, his, his zoom trilogy is pretty spectacular yeah he, he's yeah he's already like coming up with all this new shit for like all the technology that we're using today it's like yeah, there's already a movie like for ready for your iPhone. Uh, I'm sorry, for your iWatch, it's already formatted. But getting getting back to the your question, Dave. I mean, I I'd have to imagine like studios must have like a I don't know some kind of like master list or something that they like submit as far as things that they're you know have potentially going to be you know eligible for campaigns down the line or whatnot. Things that are just like written to contracts and stuff like that. Like I I can't I can't, I can't fathom a like. I guess we have to regroup now and decide which ones we are going to put for the patch code, which ones not. It's like they have to have that already for like their yearly slate, right? Like right. even if it's down to like untitled Clint Eastwood movie, like it's still, it, it's still like in existence. The fact that here's a here's the potential stuff that we have that we're going to run for campaigns down the line. Yeah, and and this is sort of um, you know to that point, friend of the show Alex Billington, he works for a site that publishes all that stuff right and he's had to update it with vod and whatever else but my question to you guys this up the follow-up is what happens next year i know that we're, we're not going to try and look ahead too too much but what happens next year when there's like 50 movies that are being released in the first six months of the year that are all we're going to be oscar contenders you know what i mean so how would that look like in that landscape it comes down to whether or not theaters are you know still if it comes down to like what the theatrical market is like right as far yeah. as once they you know they'll open back up sure but there's still going to be a a trial and error period essentially as far as who's coming who's showing up which movies are opening are they, do they close back down again because of another which theaters do open because yeah, i don't think all of them are going to open at once exactly uh-huh. so it's like all of those play a role as far as how studios are going to go from there as far as one if they're going to still release movies that have been rescheduled or reschedule them again or put yeah. them exclusively on streaming and the academy and and the studios are all going to be watching this like the best case scenario is all of these movies that are scheduled to come out come out at their rescheduled dates and things go back to normal i just don't i I wish I, I'm generally a very optimistic person. I don't think I can be that optimistic right now as far as thinking that's going to, you know, everything's sure. going to smoothly transition and it's just going to be an off year this year. Uh, well, here's the reality. Nobody uh, can tell you with any kind of level of certainty what is actually going to happen. I will not sit here and pretend to tell you all that I think I know what is going to happen. I, <laughs> I, I, I've given money to the Telluride Film Festival already that I really don't think I'm getting back at this point, but I don't even know what Telluride's going to look like come September. I don't know if I'm going. I don't know if they'll set up screenings here in New York yeah. and, and in LA and such. I have no idea. And that's the way I feel about like all this. Because forget about like even thinking about next year's ceremony. Right. We got to think about what's happening next month, mm-hmm. next week, because things are just changing so quickly, so rapidly all the time that I, I think that these rules that they've put in now, imagine, just imagine for a brief second here that uh, theaters do reopen in full swing. And imagine if they do announce, hey, we had a breakthrough on a vaccine. Uh, trial periods begin now and, you know, we should be good to go in about a year or so, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? That could happen literally at any time that they announce something like that. And then everything changes at that point. Like literally everything changes. 
And so I think like all these rules and all these behaviors and all these predictions about what we think is going to happen, I think is all something that we need to kind of just ride the wave on and not worry so much about not worry so much about the future and what is actually going to end up happening. Like, I'll be honest with you guys. There's a real possibility, and and listen, they will say that they are still going to do it, but like, there's a real possibility that the Oscars, well, let me put it to you this way, they will happen, but a ceremony oh, with yeah. people gathered in the building, <laughs> yeah. all dressed up and stuff, I don't think that's going to happen, but then again, I don't know, so... Who knows at this point? You know, do you guys remember the Golden Globes uh, that one year? I think it was, it was like 2000. Strike. Yeah, yeah, and they just read the they just read the winners essentially. Yeah. It was op- yeah. over in th- over in the under 30 minutes. It was a really short show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I mean, who knows? Maybe that's what the Oscars are this year, all, all things considered. You know. Right. I mean, I'm sure they would find a way to make like an hour long special out of it and have like you know, oh, and have celebrity guests reading over the computer yeah. and what yeah, like it'd be something, but. I don't disagree. G- getting back to the main question, I mean, yeah, obviously this is all speculation on our part out of curiosity more than, you know, having real answers or what have oh, you. Oh, for sure. And yeah. it, and this does not discount the, you know, how trivial this is compared to the nature of the world. All of us understand that. Like, this is, this, like, this is not the most important thing. No, I thing. think it's important, but... though, more than ever, though, to have this level of escapism. Oh, for, um, yeah, for sure. We do regard. this because we love it. It's entertaining mm-hmm. to us. Um, for all intents and purposes, it is like the same as following a political campaign, uh, but, you know, with lower stakes, obviously, <laughs> uh, depending on who, depending on who you ask. But yeah. it, it, the reality, I think I think I think right now the world needs the movies, the Oscars that celebrate movies more than ever. I think a lot about the Oscars in the aftermath of September 11th. I don't know if you guys remember uh, that, but. Something about being able to go to the movies and being allowed to feel joy, escapism, whatever it was, all over again, um, that was very, very much needed, I think, at the time. And it's also something that I think the world needs right now. So they're going to find a way to go through with it. What it looks like, I can't tell you, but they're, they're going to definitely find a way to get get on with it. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, I agree. And for the most part, you know... Like Aaron, you caveated this by saying it's only for this 93, the 93rd annual Academy Awards, and it's hopefully that's the same case because I, I think that we just we briefly mentioned this maybe a few weeks ago. This this might open up a can of worms if this were to be the case all the time because. Um, well, yeah, because it would give. I mean, this year is like you know this this is unprecedented, so there's like correct. we're we're still adjusting to all of this stuff, especially you know the the people that count for this, the studios that are like trying to figure out how to release their movies or what have you. If it if it goes on into another year, well, then it becomes about strategy, right? Then it becomes about movies that they might not have made or might not have put out a certain way or what have you, because they the, the for the ones that they're trying to gear for awards. They're going to work on the they they can more easily base it around the rules that they're that are being put in place now. Yeah, and so it'll. Right. I mean, there were things to continue in the way they're going. There will be a difference. There will be a somewhat of a shift. That yes, Matt, the same kinds of movies will be nominated for things, I believe. But I'll, I will be curious how studios kind of strategize based around having this knowledge in advance, as opposed to having it put on put upon them all of a sudden. Yeah. Huh. Um. I know. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, just, I, I, I legitimately Matt, had a moment like after you said that. I'm like sitting there and I'm like, huh. 
I've actually been I've actually been like in thinking mode since Matt you mentioned like we don't even know what's gonna happen tomorrow and I was like my mind just got blown <laughs> I was like I don't even, yeah what what if the movie theaters open tomorrow well so. I mean also think about this too like we're talking about the Oscars right now yeah what what are the Golden Globes going to do what is SAG going to do what are the film festivals going to do can for all intents and purposes should be happening right now but it's not yeah and well, you mentioned Telluride. I mean, you're basically going to get like a ski lift ticket and like a donut, and and that's what you. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I don't know. The one good thing I I can tell you about Telluride is that it's a small festival to begin with. I mean, yes, it's a lot of people, you know, in in general because people it's a destination uh, uh festival that people travel to. But compared to some of the other film festivals, it is pretty damn small, all things considered, mm-hmm. and it is in an isolated area up in the mountains, so. I don't know. Maybe there is like a little bit of a better feeling about it than, say, something like Toronto, for example, where the streets are just flooded with people. Um, I can tell you this. I know that Venice uh, wants to be the first. And I know that they are taking this very seriously because of how hard Italy was hit this year. And they really want to uh, bounce back uh, morale wise with the uh, Venice Film Festival. So, well, then to them, I say molto bene. There you go. (laughs) I mean, I, in bringing that stuff up, I mean, I am more curious about film festivals than I am. I mean, I don't care about the Golden Globes at all because who cares about the Golden Globes? But, I mean, yeah, SAG and the other ones, sure, those are fine. But the film festival, I do think, makes a difference as far as how do movies that, you know, might not get that traction build that traction if they don't have Correct. the film festivals to build that buzz to begin with. Like, certain ones from major studios or have, you know, certain filmmakers involved or what have you, yeah, they're going to get the attention regardless. But I and I can't you know just name a bunch of them offhand, but I imagine there's a lot of films that had you know nothing going for them as far as being on the radar of anybody before they opened up at TIFF Big or something like that and won an audience award or whatever. Right. Um, that just I I don't know what kind of attention they'll get if there's not an opportunity for them to do that now, which yeah. again does make me wonder how things are going to shake out by the end of the day. I mean, yeah, we'll get a standard. We will we get a will, will we get a standard list of a cat you know best picture nominations that are just like you know biopic biopic whatever what musical whatever or will we get like some of those standout things that you know wouldn't have otherwise be able to find that audience or find those critics that champion it because there's not the opportunity to and i think that's my largest concern as well which is the the word of mouth and the build-up to this i mean we had alex billington on before in the pre-bloodshot era and he talked about <laughs> minari right which is something he said amazing hey, oh yeah, my like, god that watch out so for good. this movie and yep. I was really excited for it, too, because all the word of mouth coming out of the festival was, hey, this movie is probably going to be one of the, the best movies of the year. And we have not talked about it since, obviously, for for very good reason, because of COVID-19. But to your point, Aaron, you know, a lot of this stuff builds as the year progresses and then you know, it goes to other film festivals. And then you start hearing about I mean, if you take last year into account, you get stuff like The Farewell, right? It's like, great, uh-huh. here, go watch The Farewell, hear about it. It's like, what is this Farewell that people are talking about? It's like, oh, it's being released wider now and much wider. I mean, without the festival circuit, I don't know how many people would see this right out of the gate on its release date. I'm pretty sure it would, instead of uh, getting all these nominations except for Academy Award nominations, uh, still hurts my heart, but uh, maybe it just gets like $300,000 at the box office and goes away forever. And then Lulu Wang is just never heard from again. I mean, you're not wrong because, for example, when I tell my friends and family that are not plugged into this industry the same way that I am, that we're still writing multiple reviews for movies every week, 
during this pandemic, they're like, what? Like, what what new movies? And that, you know, yes, they are VOD movies that genuinely people have not heard of under normal circumstances, probably have not heard of. But a movie like Minari, which does rely on that film festival buzz gets that trailer with all those quotes, which I'm sure that will still come out at some point. In some form does. Maybe. Yeah. It does get some online chatter, but is it going to reach the mainstream ears in a way, uh, without some sort of a theatrical run? I don't, I, I really don't think so. And that's really tough. I mean, I feel, I feel, I feel for a lot of the filmmakers. Um, I feel for everybody. I mean, the one right. good thing that we can all take solace in with this situation is that it is unprejudiced. It doesn't care who you are, yes. where you live, what your class structure is. Like it has, doesn't, doesn't matter. This has impacted literally every single human being on the face of the planet. And that is very comforting to know when you start to get frustrated or angry about the given situation you know what i mean so i think that all these movies that are not getting a fair shake right now or had their uh, original releases delayed like promising young woman for example um just kind of ride out the storm just got to ride out the storm and hope to god that whoever is behind your release strategy over at whatever studio your film is with knows what they're doing right strange world Strange times indeed. I know. Uh, Aaron, did you have some questions? I'm trying to think of what we haven't gone over already. We've yeah. gone over a lot of things here uh, that kind of cover up, <clears throat> uh, cover more or less what we wanted to kind yeah. of ask as far as, because I mean, the impact was like the biggest, you know, yeah, outside of the Academy, it's more, you know, the only other thing I wonder is like when, you know, when, when do the new films start coming or do they come because they're, do they open up more options because of the, the set of limits that are now placed on people? Which mm-hmm. and you know often can work as far as you know give filmmakers limitations. Suddenly they have to you know band together and become more creative. The thing is that this is such a drastically different situation than just not having the money. It's not being able to get together to make something. <laughs> so it's like how do you where do you go with this? Even you know studios have to deal with that as far as the people mm-hmm. that all meet into boardrooms and discuss these kinds of things and get that free flowing thinking going or what have you. Now we're just stuck in an area where it's like all right. <laughs> we will adjust the rules we'll adjust how we meet um but that level of spontaneity might be a little bit more yeah. lacking um yeah i mean this also answers the question of are we even gonna have an academy awards next 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 february right um and they kind of resolved it but you know i think matt uh you and you and aaron sort of brought up the the best point which is the words the movies that were going to be nominated are still going to be nominated and you know that's probably not going to change anything and also not going to change anytime soon i guess the biggest in that regard is some you know there's a number of you know we're not in award season yet right we're not you know it's not till here like you know september october when it starts up are the movies that were going to come out in that time frame are they even done like are some of the movies that were going to be you know major contenders in that area you know area are they going to be finished in time mm-hmm. so you know some of the ones that are touring festivals obviously they're done they're touring festivals but other you know, studio-produced films that are, you know, set to, like, come around. Uh, you know, I know there's, like, what, there's, like, a Paul Greengrass film with, I think, Tom Hanks again that comes out later this year. Is that going to be finished? Correct, time? yeah. Like, is that going to be done? Well, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, don't there's, know. there's a lot That's of films the thing. like that. It's like, there's a lot of movies that um, 
I was the, thinking about this the other day, too. The Ridley too. Scott, the Ridley Scott about... movie with uh, Affleck and Damon and all of them? Like, is that Let me tell you something. Ridley Scott will find a way. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> if anyone on the face if, of the if, planet if, is if, going to find a way, it's going to be Ridley Scott. If Christopher Plummer has to Zoom call into every single role to be finish this movie with him, he will. <laughs> all the money in the world! Ridley Scott Literally. has such an I-don't-give-a-fuck attitude, and I am always, always here for it. God bless him. He's over 80 years old, and he is just a national treasure. I love that man. Um, but yeah, I think about this a lot. I think a lot about movies that were in post when this all happened and they're probably okay. Cause post can be done remotely, uh, small groups or just a single individual. And then, you know, somehow, some way the film makes its way through, uh, multiple hands. However, if anyone needed reshoots, uh, they're screwed. Yeah. Ah, man, let me tell you, it is not a good time right now to be a freelance cinematographer, or uh, focus puller, something like that. You know what I mean? Like it sucks right now that you can't get on a single film set anywhere yeah, uh, to get the a best job. You can do, the, the best you can do is be a guest on Roger Deakins' podcast. Like that's yeah, that's you really got a podcast. Yeah, yeah. He, started, he and his wife started a podcast together. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go listen to that right now. It's called oh, Dinkin' man. with Deakins. That's not it's, true, it's, but it is. It is. But there is a podcast. <laughs> yes. It's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> Uh, but, I was like, yeah, what a, what a I, clever title. <laughs> I do think about this a lot, though. I think a lot about movies that, um, you know, think about movies that were going to be shooting in the spring, wrapping up uh-huh. summer, and then going to try and rush for that, like, December release or something. Yeah, that's cool. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> that's Clint waking up every day like, oh, I don't know what it, I'm going to do. Exactly. <laughs> and then you think about movies that hopefully – just finished shooting right before all this happened. And now they've had to struggle with their post-production process a little bit, oh, yeah. but you know, are they going to be ready in time? And, and you know, cause it's like for a little bit there, it seemed like the world had really paused at least for a couple of weeks. It really felt that way. I think now people are getting restless and people are wanting to get back to work in some degree, form or another. Clearly, and, yes. Yeah, exactly. And now that doesn't mean that we're going to see mass gatherings of people out in the streets or anything. But, well. <laughs> you know, if if I were to call you uh, and, and say, hey, listen, I'm feeling pretty healthy. I'm feeling pretty good. I could be over at your place in a couple of minutes. We can collaborate on this thing and then I can leave right afterwards. How have you been feeling? You feeling good? Okay. Is anyone else going to be there? No, let's just do it. And let's just get it over. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I could see people, you know, behaving in that sense, you know, in terms of uh, social interactions, you know, you know, it's yeah. going to be amazing is like when every Academy award best picture for next year looks like the room, uh, where it's just like all green screen everywhere. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go upstairs and it's going to be like San Francisco. It's going to be amazing. It'll be like the blocking will be way off because there are people filmed in separate rooms and be like, like the lighting is terrible as well. There's like no key light. And it's just like, but it follows up like perfectly constructed scenes. Like, well, this really took a nosedive in the last five minutes. here. But it's still going to get nominated for like best actor because the acting is incredible. I will say this. I can guarantee you. They will have a host this year for the Oscars. <laughs> Is it going to be Jimmy Kimmel from his house? They're going to have somebody because let me tell you, given this, like I said, it's not going to be your typical yeah. Oscar ceremony. So they need some way to get people to tune in. And let's all imagine that it is February and we really are still all sitting at home. Now, 
I don't think it's going to be as extreme as it is now, but they're going to need a way to get people to tune in still. You know what I'm saying? So, I, th- I mean, I don't disagree that, yes, a host could be likely. At the same time, though, like if if people are remotely filming things, which is what they'll probably have to do, I don't think it's that hard to be like, we're going to film all the biggest stars in their homes or on a dirigible or whatever the fuck and like, put it, string it all together. Yeah, a dirigible. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, wow. Well, then they got to get We're going to get Dwayne gotta... Johnson on a Jungle Cruise boat reading best visual effects. Like, I, I, don't, you go. I don't not see that coming as far as like how they can handle this. It'll be They a... just have to announce it in advance. That's really all that yeah, it comes down to. Is they have, have to announce it in advance to draw up uh, publicity and promotion. Otherwise, uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get people that are not, that are, that are typically on the fence as is in a given normal state of affairs. Like it's going to be even harder than ever to get them to want to watch this. Um, we're going to watch it no matter what, because that's just what we do. But what if it's a ratings juggernaut? Everyone's like, oh my God, I cannot wait for the Oscars this year. <laughs> it's going to be I'm pretty sure it actually I'll might be. Yeah. I'll tell you this much. If we were in February right now, like mm. right, right now. And the Oscars were supposed to be happening. Um, now, granted, that means that we would have already have gone through the festivals. We would have gone through a couple of months of theatrical films and such. And, you know, maybe say the last couple of months, right? Uh, let's say February, January, December. And then November is like when it started. Mm-hmm. OK, let's say those months were lost to quarantine and just shut down and so on and so forth. But if the Oscars were to be happening right now. Guarantee you. They would probably have huge ratings. Why? Because everybody's sitting at home with nothing else to do anyway. Right. Like, what do we want to do tonight? You want to watch the Oscars or the special features on Trolls World Tour? Well, <laughs> Trolls World Tour for Wait, the 47th we watch, time. Do we watch the commentary on Bloodshot yet? Yeah, we did that yesterday. Okay, hold on. Let me but think. But the, the level of thinking behind that is somebody asked me, do I think that Tiger King would have blown up the way that it did on Netflix if quarantine wasn't a thing? And I do think the answer is no. I think it would have been popular, but I don't know if it would have been as popular yeah. as it was. It I, certainly was in the zeitgeist for like four weeks straight. I think mm-hmm. it would just be a shorter period, honestly. I still think yeah. it'd catch it just because every single one of these crime docs seems to get pretty popular for whatever Yeah, they seem to be. Yeah, I mean, I even right now, these, so I don't know. Can, <laughs> but, um... so, but anyway, that, that was a that was an interesting discussion about the new face of the Academy Awards for this year, I guess. Um, we should make a movie, guys, and let's just I'll put it out right now. We'll, we'll just say that it was it's supposed to be theatrically released by Sony. Oh, yeah. They'll buy it, right? Yeah, no, we can we can string together. <laughs> I, I mean, Universal minutes. will probably just send us to streaming, so <laughs> mm, better than nothing. Yeah. We'll get Blumhouse involved because we can work with their limited budget. Oh, I like that idea. Because like we'll, universal... we'll make a lot of money back on our budget. Yeah, and we Matt, still get you... the universal distribution pattern. So that, you know, was... <laughs> Matt, you know, you know Jason, right? You're on first name basis with him. Uh, Jason Blum. Yeah, yeah. J J Blum. J Blums. Oh yeah. <laughs> Casual name drops at dinner time. You know. Oh yeah, I was just uh, speaking to uh, my man Jay. You know. <laughs> Is that how he sounds? No, 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 no. That's how I sound when I talk about I my like, man, Jack. I've never Jack. heard an interview with him, so I was like, I don't know if that's a good impression or not. <laughs> no, he sound, he's, he's, he, I've been in a room with him. He sounds like a guy. There's not much pomp and circumstance with Jason Bum. There's not, there's, there's not a really something to key into when you're trying to do an impersonation? Not really, no. Producer of the FP. I will say this. I was shaking in my uh, in my boots, though, when I met Ted Sarandos, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, I should really start that uh, that disc delivery service again too. I got the that that is a man <laughs> that when you see him, he has a glow around him, and you're just like, oh, 
<laughs> and Aura. Mm. It's it's the the hairs of Scorsese's eyebrows he shaves around him so he can have that kind of influence. And those aren't caterpillars. <laughs> Not quite. Abe, I was Wait, thinking if yeah. if real quick if they did record like pre segments for like if there was like an Oscars and they recorded just like celebrities doing things beforehand, it'd have to be weighted in advance. So they'd have to do it like Denver Broncos style where they just kind of <laughs> like and the winner is yeah, yeah <laughs> they just cover their mouths and then they insert <laughs> the winners on the day of the Academy Awards. Well, it's gonna be hilarious. Is like you know when they have the um when they have the Oscars an- announcement morning. They're probably just going to ask those people to present from their homes, and then they're also going to do the same thing you just said. It's like, also, can you do another take where you just cover your mouth very quickly as you're talking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what they're going to do? <laughs> I just thought of this. They're going to do a gallery uh, Zoom view of the five like nominees for like Best Actress, oh, and when they announce yeah. the winner, they're going to make the winner <laughs> turn off the other four windows. That's going <laughs> to so be that, so that it's only theirs left. <laughs> Yeah. Just just pull a Sean Penn and don't even show up. And if they don't do it, then the camera's going to show their faces the entire time and it's not going to cut away. And we're going to be forced to watch someone's like in the moment reaction to somebody else winning. <laughs> you know? That's why they'll say that their cameras are off, but they'll still be on just so you can see. <laughs> just because everyone that'll, that'll turn up the ratings. Yeah. No, a part of me then also wonders um, if like because that just sounded really ridiculous. Right. What I just said, for example, it makes me wonder if they will let the winners know beforehand. So that this way, not everyone does show up. Um, because how do you coordinate like? Uh, well, it's it's Hollywood's biggest night. I mean, like that, you know. Well, at, I mean, at the same time though, it's like you're telling, you know, people that are nominated for Oscars. Hey, now you don't have to fly to L.A. on this day. Just be in your house during this time period and be on your computer. I mean, I feel like it's easier, if anything, for people to coordinate this. Fair enough. That makes well, sense. We'll, we'll find out. It yeah. just—I think it just depends on how glamorous they want to make it. Like, right. if you know, whatever. If Adam Driver is like winning an award for whatever reason, and he's just like in like a jean and t-shirt on his Zoom on his computer, <laughs> it's like I, I feel like I would be so about it. That would be amazing. Oh yeah, yeah no, I, the, I'm the pretty sure would, that, that's something that Adam would do. The internet, I mean, regardless of whoever, the internet would just be all a buzz as far as like, oh my god, do you see what they were wearing on there? You got like. Spielberg had a like, mustard stand in his shirt. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, what a nice cardigan that guy's wearing. <laughs> I do think that the, what they're going to probably end up doing is they'll probably tell the nominees, uh, yes, you can show up. We're we're eliminating plus ones this year, maybe. Yeah, no. Realistically, if they're if they're having a ceremony, it'll be yeah, nominees only, and then even then, it'll still probably be limited to like the major contenders, right? It'll be the yeah. acting and the writing and the directing and producing and like you get your own row this year too. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna spread. They're gonna spread everybody out, probably. And so there'll be plenty of bits that will happen, and then somebody will get mad because people online will be like, "He's too close to to, to Denzel. Get away!" Like they'll definitely know. avoid like overhead shots of the crowd and things like that to show how empty the crowd actually is. <laughs> and how small um, you know what? Maybe they won't say the plus out. ones can't come, but what they might do is they might have the plus ones in another part of the building, maybe in the balcony. <sighs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they don't invite like members, like certain members of the press and such. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe it all just, yeah, it just comes down to like how things are going and how comfortable people are to begin with and showing up in large spaces that will take hours of their time sitting near people. Yeah. Well, you know, celebrities, they breathe their own air. So I think it should be okay. (laughs) Maybe we'll all just be a giant bubble boy situation at this point. They're all being giant bubbles. (laughs) Jake Gyllenhaal was ahead of his time. He'll be hosting, obviously. 
That'd be great. I think he'd be a great host. Oh, he'd probably crush it. If he does it as his character from Okja, I would totally watch it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Leo Bloom. Just not not the investigator Loki, Detective Loki. He'd be, be blinking too much. <laughs> too much too much blinking. Yeah. Great role, though. Great role. He's having really... trouble reading the prompter, damn it. <laughs> anyway. All right. We've With all of that, rails, but that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that means we've we've straddled the line <laughs> as far as how far we can go with this conversation. Um, so with all of that said, Matt, thank you uh, very thank much you, for Matt. joining us for this uh, this awards based discussion as we kind of speculate on what's going on next. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun, and I always love talking about this stuff. I could talk about this stuff for hours. I don't know what level of insight I you know necessarily provided or not, but I definitely feel very passionately about this stuff, and um, it's all I really think about on a daily basis. So thank you guys so much for having me on. For sure. Where can people find more of your work online? Uh, I can be found everywhere at Next Best Picture. Uh, that's the name of the website, nextbestpicture.com. We have a podcast called the Next Best Picture Podcast, which you can find on all of the podcasting networks as well, where we are looking for the Next Best Picture Oscar winner year-round. Yes, even given what's going on with COVID-19, we are still watching anything and everything that we could possibly get our hands on, including uh, Butt Boy and uh, beyond, you know? So uh, whatever it is, we'll watch it and we'll check out to see if it has any uh, Oscar consideration or not. So nextbestpicture.com. You can find all the other things I do at the codezeek.com. Everything I do ends up on my personal blog there. I'm also writing reviews at weliveentertainment.com. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron'sPS4. Abe? Find me on Instagram, Abe.Moore, and Twitter.com slash WallerSmoose. Hashtag Oscars. Oscar? Oscars gonna Oscar. You can find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, HHWLOD. Feel free to email us any questions you might have about the Oscars at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us some feedback in the Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And follow us on Instagram at instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. And, of course, mm-hmm. send us a review on uh, iTunes. Uh, that'd, be, that'd just be great to help pump us up in the old charts Send there. us all the five stars. Exactly. Uh, Matt, thank you again, once again for joining us this evening. And thank you to the listeners for, uh, you know, having fun with us. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's uh, bonus episode. So until next time, so long. And we'll see you Sunday. Bye.